Psalm 20, verses 7 and 8. Some trust in horses. Some trust in chariots. But we trust in the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees and fall down. But we get up and stand firm. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and through 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Uh, before I launch into the mission, again, I want to thank you for either watching or for being here on site. Uh, I am incredibly grateful. I am very grateful uh, that uh, you decided to participate in, in our uh, worship celebration. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, open our eyes, our ears, our hearts, our souls, our spirits. Help us to see Jesus in all of his majesty, his kingdom authority. Help us to proclaim his love and grace with confidence. Amen. I need some joy. And I'm not talking about dish soap. Some of you don't remember that. I'm sorry. Uh, what, what about you? Does anybody else need joy? Amen. Uh, what, what about some peace? I need some peace. Uh, the gospel songwriter tells us where she found peace and joy. Uh, in, in a song called uh, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. First verse, what a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine, leaning on the everlasting arms. There's a key to leaning on the everlasting arms. There's a key to having peace. There's a key to having joy. Uh, particularly when everything else seems to be blowing up in our face. Uh, I'm going to take you to Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Uh, you, you can look it up. This, you might associate this uh, passage of Scripture with Christmas, and that's okay because it is part of the Christmas story. Anything in the first three, uh, two or three chapters of Luke. Excuse me. Forgive me for taking that off, but I sense this is going to be one of those days where my allergies are flooding my eyes. Uh, so in the backstory, really quick, there's a man, a priest named Zachariah, his wife Elizabeth. They were old. They were childless. Uh, they had been praying for kids. And I, from the way things happened, I think uh, at least he had given up all hope uh, of ever having a child. Uh, Gabriel, uh, one of God's angels, shows up uh, as uh, Zacharias in the uh, in the holy room, the inner room of the of the the temple, sharing and burning interest, incense, and bringing the people's prayers 
uh, with him in the evening and, and uh, he suddenly realizes he is not alone in this little room. And Gabriel says to him, hey, you're going to have a kid. God's heard your prayers. You're going to have a son. He tells him what he's going to be like. Tells him he's supposed to name him John. And Zachariah says, well, how do I know that you're telling me the truth? Short. Gabriel says, you're, going to, you're not going to talk until this baby's born. He goes home and lo and behold, Elizabeth, even though she's past the time of having children, finds out she's going to have a baby. In the sixth month, that's where we are right now. Luke chapter 1, verses, uh, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. You know, this is not your standard, Hi, how you doing? Uh, but the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Or more accurately, I am the Lord's slave. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. So the question I want us to think about this morning is how can we respond when Jesus commands the impossible? Sometimes those commands come by, with an angelic uh, uh, visitor announcing the you're going to, oh, by the way, you're going to have a baby. I can't have a baby. I, you know, mom and I had this conversation about birds and bees. And ain't, that, that ain't happening. Never has happened. Ain't going to happen. I'm not, you know, we're not yet. Something special is going to happen. Okay. Sometimes it comes through circumstances. I'm pretty sure there wasn't anybody in the world that had a pandemic on their calendar for 2020. And if they did, I want them to take it off. Just, just say, time to cancel that appointment. That's all I, I you know, okay, never mind. 
How, how do we respond when we are faced with what seems to be impossible? How do we respond to this command that in our relationships, we're supposed to have the same attitude of Jesus who would rather die than exercise his rights as God of gods and King of kings and Lord of lords in order to serve us? How can we follow that example? How can we value others more than we value ourselves? How can we love each other like Jesus loves us? That's the standard. That's the example he, he set for us. That's what his command was. How on earth do we live in his kingdom? where his will is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and our neighbor as ourselves. I mean, the, the, the constitution for the kingdom of God is like a few sentences long. There, there's a whole lot of commentary, but the constitution basically is this, love the Lord your God with all you are and your neighbor as yourself. And we go, yeah, okay. And as long as we don't think about it, as long as we don't examine ourselves and go exactly how loving am I being to, well, then surely they don't count. Right? Because, well, you know, surely he didn't mean them. And then the kicker is, he says, love them like I do. And there isn't anybody, he says, yeah, not you. There's not a single person that Jesus looks at and says, I love everybody else in the world, but not you. I'll die for anybody, but not you. I'll serve anyone, but not you. That, Jesus never says that. So the moment we start going, yeah, but not them, We've come face to face with our limitations and our inability to love people the way Jesus does. He's asked us to do the impossible. Though Mary sets the standard, her reply declares her trust and her dependence on, on the Lord. There's absolutely no way she's standing there. She knows how things work. She knows when God comes to her and says, you're going to have a baby She's not going to be making it. But she says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. She trusts the message that whatever God says he's going to do, he's going to do. Now, parents and family taught us self-sufficiency and independence. And, and to, to a certain extent, that, that's really important. I mean... At 63, I really should be able to tie my own shoes. Feed myself. I was going to say pick out my own clothes, but I usually check before I, you know, just to be kidding. <laughs> some of us are gifted and some of us aren't. Uh, and when I'm not, when I don't check, I sometimes find out later that I probably could have done better. There are fashion police amongst us. I'm not talking about my wife either, just so you know. Uh, we, we learned to declare very early on, and I've, 
from what I've seen, it's one of the last things we ever stop saying, and it is, I can do it myself. Uh, even when it isn't true. We want to be independent. We want to be self-sufficient. And there is a point at which that's important. But there's also a point where we need to recognize I can't do it myself. In God's kingdom, in God's forever kingdom, it, the whole thing stands on our trust for him. I mean, you will not love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength unless you trust him with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. Trusting the Lord undermines that sense of self-sufficiency and independence that says, I can do it myself. We need to surrender our self-sufficiency. In God's kingdom, we need to surrender our self-sufficiency and replace it with dependency on the Holy Spirit. So the sermon in a sentence for this morning for everybody who likes to write those things down is simply this, trust Jesus and surrender your self-sufficiency. How can you and I surrender our self-sufficiency? If we're supposed to trust Jesus and surrender our self-sufficiency, how can we do that? Uh, the first thing to do is to recognize your limits. There is a time to declare, I can't do it. I can't love. I'll let you fill in the blank. I can't forgive. I really can't even tolerate. You really don't want to know what I think of that person. Recognize your limits. There, there, you can be self-sufficient. I sure hope you're tying your shoes and getting dressed on your own and feeding yourself. But there comes a time when you have to recognize I have reached the end of my limits. There's stuff I can't do. And Jesus still asked me to do it. So recognize your limits. That might be a time to ask a question like, like Mary, how can, how can that work? How can that be? You know, she didn't say, how do I know you're telling me the truth? She didn't doubt his, his message. She's just going. <clears throat> I don't know. This doesn't seem to fit. It's time to recognize their limits. There may be a time to say, how on earth, God, do you expect me to love them? Or forgive them? Or even put up with them? Recognize your limits. Second thing, receive healing for your hurts. Every one of us is bearing scars uh, from trusting people who fell short. And, okay, so let, let's also be honest. Uh, the one who failed us most often was us. You know, the person who's failed me the most has been me. And unless you're not human, I'm going to guess that the person who's failed you the most is you. 
You, we need healing for that. We need release from that anger, pain, grief. I mean, there's all kinds of things that go into that. We need to be healed from that. So we need to recognize our limits. We need to receive healing for our hurts. Your hurts, we need to rely on the process. You need to rely on the process. Trust and dependence take time. We like to get stuff fast. That's why we started out with microwaves that would take five minutes to cook something and now have microwaves that will vaporize it in a minute. Oops, that was in there too long. Uh, what... What's that smell? Uh, we even turned our crock pots into quick pots, right? We can't just let it cook for 24 hours. We've got to have something that's going to get it done between breakfast and lunch. It tastes like it's been there for, oh, so many hours. We, we, we need to re take time. Trust and dependence, growing in, in depending on the Lord depends, it takes time. It's, it's not just a matter of, of, of going, okay, I, I can't do this, uh, and you, you, you're healing me. Uh, see, and that's part of the time. We'd like for the healing to be like... But then we get the directions like, the blind man. Now, here, here's mud in your eye. Literally, Jesus did that. And then said, uh, blind man with mud in your eye, go find a place to wash that off. Always, do, am I the only one that finds that a little bit humorous? I mean, this is a guy who couldn't have found his way to the pool to wash his face and then you stick mud in his eye just to make sure he, and then you tell him to go do it. Talk about being asked to do the impossible. But guess what happened? He figured out a way to do it. He asked for help? I don't know. Sometimes our healing's like that. We want Jesus to go, you're done, you're healed, you're all fixed. And he goes, well, here, here's mud in your eye. I'll go find a place to wash it off. I can't see where I'm going. We'll help you. <clears throat> Mushrooms grow overnight. Sometimes in the most unexpected places. I remember in the second trailer that Connie and I lived in. Got up one morning, stumbled out of bed. You know, you know the first thing you do when you get up in the morning, you head, you head down the hallway to the restroom. I walk in the restroom and there's like four or five mushrooms growing in the in the bathroom. They weren't there the night before. They're there now. Well, I don't know how, but they're there. Full grown mushrooms. Don't ask me if they're edible because I figure any mushroom that grows in a bathroom Automatically inedible. Period. Mushrooms grow overnight. They aren't there one day and the next day they're there and the next day they're gone. Oak trees grow over decades. Sometimes centuries. 
be an oak tree, not a mushroom. We want the results of the mushroom, but we want to be an oak tree. You can't have, you can't grow overnight and be an oak tree. The giant redwoods out in California, the sequoia, those are not trees that just sprouted up last year. Trust the Lord to lead you through the process. So first, recognize your, your limits. Second, receive healing for your hurts. Three, rely on the process. Four, release your life into Jesus' care. Growing dependence on the Holy Spirit is going to lead you to a place of surrendering everything to Him. It's going to take you to a place where you finally say, I'm the Lord's. I'm yours. <clears throat> no ifs, no ands, no buts, no fine print. I'm yours. And when you ask the impossible, I'm just going to go, okay, let's do it. Recognize your limitations. Receive healing for your hurts. Rely on the process. Release your life into Jesus' care. Finally, recruit a few fellow Jesus followers to grow with you. As, you trust, as your trust in Jesus grows, so will your trust in a few other people grow. This is not the kind of thing where you have 20 people in your inner circle that you share your deepest, darkest struggles with. But it is helpful to have somebody to whom you can say, you know, so-and-so, well, you don't really need to know so-and-so, just that you need to know that I really struggle with the idea of loving them. And I need you to help me to pray about it. And as you learn to trust others, your trust in Jesus will grow too. I don't know why he designed things this way. It's not very efficient. Yeah, and, and part of me really likes efficiency. I am my father's son. Whenever I asked him when he wanted the yard mowed, his answer was always yesterday, if not sooner. He was like, uh, there, there are people who want it done now. He wanted it done yesterday, always. That's just, he would just try to keep up. Was it was it was hard? Uh, we need to learn to trust Jesus, even when uh, His answer to us is, "Well, we'll be done tomorrow, maybe, but it might be sometime next month or next year." Or, well, tell you what, I'm going to tell you what I told Abraham: pack up. We'll get tell you when you get there. Just go. We we need some people around us who are going to say hey, we'll pack up and go with you. You don't have to be doing this alone. We cannot expect that from everybody. I, I see too, the people, I've grown up in the church, literally. 
Uh, and so I can say this. I've seen people in church, church people, go to one of two extremes. One is they just don't ever trust anybody. It's just me and Jesus and figure it sooner or later, I'll, I'll figure out where that pool is so I get this mud washed out of my eyes, right? And then there are other people who just expect everybody they ever meet who says they're a Christian to be their deepest soulmate. And they can share, they ought to be able to share everything with them. Oh, wait a minute. Usually it's not that they want to share their stuff. They just want everybody else to share with them. You know, I'll just be honest with you. I'm pretty sure Jesus is is approving of this so far in my life. Uh, I I don't feel a particular burden to trust somebody who wants me to tell them all of my struggles without ever telling me any of theirs. I mean, there's two reasons for that. Even Jesus struggled. Now, some of you got nervous when I said that, but... He was tempted in all ways, just like we are. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he had to pray three times before he was prayed through on not my will, but your will. If he has to sweat blood to say yes, I I expect everybody else does too. So if you come to me and tell me you have no struggles, but you want me to share mine with you, I don't trust you. And if I were to say that to you, you should say, not trust me either. Because you've already lied to me. Either that or you're lying to yourself, which is even more dangerous. Trust Jesus and surrender your self-sufficiency. Another, another gospel songwriter put it this way, simply trusting every day, trusting through a stormy way. Even when my faith is small, trusting Jesus, that is all. Trusting as the moments fly, trusting as the days go by, trusting him, whatever befall. Trusting Jesus, that is all. You cannot snap your fingers and get there. It takes time to trust Jesus until you can say, trusting Jesus, that's all. But don't settle for anything less. We should never settle for anything less. Because all of the, the more we trust him and the more we love him and the more he teaches us to trust others and to love others, the more we give up our self-sufficiency and learn to depend on the Holy Spirit to do in us and through us what only he can do, the more that happens, the more the blessings of the kingdom become ours the more we experience what it means to be ruled by a loving, gracious God. Trust Jesus and surrender your self-sufficiency. 
Well, I was going to ask you if you're looking for peace, but we kind of already covered that. I think most of us are. Most of us are looking for joy. But I am going to ask you this. You don't need to answer out loud, okay? Just, are you convinced there's more to following Jesus than what you've been experiencing? So I believe you're on to something. And I want to encourage you to start praying and trusting Jesus. Let's pray now. Jesus, as we look at your life, your ministry in the Gospels, you are constantly asking people to do the impossible. To a paralyzed man, you said, get up and take your bed and go home. To a man with a shriveled hand, you said, stretch out your hand. To a woman bent over, you told her to stand up straight. To a man who'd been dead and buried for four days, you said, Lazarus, come out. You still do it. You look at us and say, love like I love. Care for each other like I care for you. Serve like I serve. Help us to be like Mary. He said, I am the Lord's servant. Do what you say you're going to do. If you tell us to love like you love, then you must have a way to help us, to make us loving people who love like you love. We're not in this alone. You don't tell us to do the impossible without providing what we need to do it. So help us to depend on you, to trust you, to admit, I can't do this, but I believe you can make it happen. Jesus, come and change us. Bring glory to our Heavenly Father. And fill us with your love. by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, again, I want to thank you for either watching online or being here on site. Uh, so here, I want to remind you of something. I used to say this frequently, go in peace. So I'm doing it again today, go in peace. I have courage. Hold on to what is good, return blessing for evil, strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the suffering, honor everyone, love and serve like Jesus. 
rejoicing in the power of his Holy Spirit who will make it possible and fruitful. You are sent. So go. Go.